Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Thank you, John, and welcome everyone to Good News here on Catholic Spirit Radio. I am Deacon Al. I am a full-time deacon here at uh, the Peoria Diocese, and one of the great ministries I get to do is to sit here with you Saturday and Sunday evenings and talk about the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We'll be looking at our readings from the uh, Mass this Sunday and talking a little bit about that and about how it affects our lives today. Uh, The marvelous thing about uh, the scriptures is they're not just written for people who lived thousands of years ago and about history from biblical times. It's, uh, It's really applicable to how we live our lives today, who we are as Christians, how we treat each other, and how we show our love for God. So before we get into that, I want to flash back a week ago was Halloween, and I had some questions from a parishioner about that and how does the church feel about Halloween? They see these kids dressing up as all these ghouls and monsters and want to know how the church feels about that. And they were kind of shocked to uh, to realize it's kind of our holiday. We, we pretty much started it. Uh, Halloween simply means uh, is based on All Hallows Day. Ween meant the night before so or the eve of. So we're looking at the eve of All Saints Day, which is a, a Catholic Church holy day, November 1st, followed by All Souls Day on November 2nd. So really, uh, we kind of instigated the whole Halloween thing. As far as the costumes and, and, and the trick-or-treating and such, that kind of built up over the years just from more of a secular celebration than the church celebration. So the church celebrations for November 1st and November 2nd was first to uh, commemorate the martyrs and the saints of the church, those people who in their lives showed heroic virtue uh, in their faith. And so All Saints Day commemorates them. All Souls Day, which happens the day after, is where we remember friends and family who have passed from this life onto the next life, hopefully in the glory of heaven. And so we celebrate their having existed, their having been part of our lives. So we memorialize our saints and our, and our martyrs, and then we remember uh, our loved ones, our friends, and our family who have uh, gone before us to the glory of heaven. So don't be all upset about Halloween. Don't be particularly thrilled about the, uh, the tricks. The treats are fine. Uh, but we shouldn't be uh, we shouldn't be doing stunts and tricks that uh, harm our neighbor's property or or harm others or even we're not out to really scare people. It's more of just a a celebration. The uh, the the part of dressing up in costume was originally uh, thought to ward off uh, the evil uh, spirits, the demons in our world, and and that just kind of grew from there. But uh, it's all in all, it's a fairly harmless holiday, and it's the beginning of two great holy days uh, in the church, All Saints Day and All Souls Day. So we have uh, this week a special in-studio guest. I have a family visitor, Ben. Ben is my nephew from the Chicago area, uh, Arlington Heights, right? Buffalo Grove. 
Buffalo Grove. Don't nod. They can't hear you nod on the radio, Ben. You have to say yes or no. That is true. Yes, okay. Buffalo Grove. Buffalo Grove. And uh, I've known Ben since he was well born. I was there at his baptism. And uh, his dad and I are, are great friends and uh, have always gotten along really, really well. We're both plant buffs. And uh, and so we've enjoyed that part of our relationship. We swap plants and swap plant information. Uh, your dad, of course, does it professionally. I do it as a uh, just as an extremely uh, exhausting hobby. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so Dave and I are, are great friends, and I know Ben. And uh, Ben is an uncle to the very cute Maggie, and Maggie is about to be a big sister. Yeah. Ben is going to be uh, twice an uncle. Congratulations. Thank you much. Not that you had anything to do with it, but Not still, it's a great celebration to bring another another family member in. So, uh, and, and Sarah, his sister, is, is a wonderful mom. And uh, Maggie is just a, a terrific little girl. So, uh, welcome to the studio, Ben. Thank you. While he visits uh, uh, my wife and I and his grandmother who's in town and his uh, aunt who's also in town and we're going to be getting together with uh, with them later this afternoon. And uh, he's staying at our place. And uh, clean up your room, Ben. So, we'll see. Okay. Uh, I wanted Ben to, to come on here because something we've talked about in the past is the importance of uh, being active in your church life. And you were you had a great ministry at your church from a, a fairly young age. What? How old were you when you started working uh doing volunteer work at your church? Well, they've always had various weekends and days of volunteer work, but that was just kind of, you know, hey, we're looking for people to help out. Uh, when I first started volunteering more regularly at my church was probably towards the end of high school, early college. My uh, my church has a a service where they they were looking for people to run the soundboard and they were looking for people to help out with the projection of the basically the entire service on the wall mostly the songs but we also had various uh slides for just the various readings or even during the sermon sometimes the pastor wanted a picture or a phrase or something that they wanted up there and i uh, ran a lot of that you were the tech guy i was the tech guy and that's cool because i i love the the way uh I've been to services at your church, and I love the way they use the projector. I thought it was really tasteful, really helpful. Kept out the clutter of uh, of hymnals and the expense. I mean, hymnals are really expensive, but to be able to have a service where you could put the prayers and put the lyrics of of the of the hymns just up on a on a screen, it really didn't take away from the look of the church. Uh, mm-hmm. Really added a lot to the service. And boy, you were right there with with all the info and all the photos that had to be up. Uh, it was really great. You did that for quite a while. Oh yeah, I've. Uh, it's been a little bit since I've done it, so I've blinked on the years. But I was, I'm thinking it was uh, most regularly for at least about four or five years. Yeah. So that's great. So you know, no matter. Uh, where you are in your life, even you know, at, at the uh, young age of, of high school students, there's ministries available at your church that uh, are a lot of fun. They're very intriguing. They give you a, uh, they can give you a lot of great um, instruction into a possible uh, future career. 
but uh, get involved. The the church is there for the for the whole parish community or congregation to be involved in, uh, regardless of your age. And so uh, follow after Ben here and uh, go check in with your church and see what kind of work you could be doing. A lot of churches now have audiovisual programs, uh, programming that they need help with. Uh, I can tell you, we're always looking for people to help with uh YouTube and Facebook. Now, we're old folks. We don't, you know, we don't deal with a lot of this technology. To have people in high school and college who are really familiar with the current technology is a huge help to a parish or to a congregation. So, invite you to contact your church and, and offer up uh, a few hours a week. About how much time a weekend uh, did did your ministry take you, Ben? Well, the Sundays it was two services, so we were looking about. Four hours, and then I would usually go in on a Wednesday or a Friday or something when I had time off from my other job, and uh, go for about an hour, hour and a half, maybe okay. to put everything together for the week. So probably less than an hour a day. Yeah, in 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 average, and uh, a great service. So thank you for doing that for for your uh, church. And again, I, I invite our listeners at, at any age. We're always looking, always looking for help. There's always ministries. That, that need uh, more people to uh, to support it or to lead it. So uh, pray over that. Ask, ask God what he's calling you to do in support of, of your church family and, and get involved. We're going to uh, be looking at our readings for the 32nd Sunday of Ordinary Time. We are 50 days of shop, 50 shopping days from Christmas. Are you, are you guys ready, John? No, John's shaking his head. No, he's not at all right. Not 50 at all. days till Christmas, which means you guys have 49 days of shopping uh, to put to put behind you uh, before you actually go shop. I, I used to work in retail. I did some of my best Christmas shopping. Don't tell my wife. She doesn't listen to the show, so she won't know. Um, <laughs> I think she listens. Uh I did uh, because I was in retail. I was working during the fourth quarter. You're doing like 70, 80 hours a week. Uh, at the store. So I didn't even have time to think about what I needed to do for Christmas until about six o'clock Christmas Eve, just before we <laughs> we closed the store. And I'm running around saying, I know we've got something in stock that my wife might like. So uh, luckily I worked in a jewelry department, so that, that made it a little easier. And uh, yeah, so I, I just remember a, a many years of of last-minute shopping, so don't you wait. You've got you've got 50 days before Christmas right now. Um, make the most of it, and we're just a couple weeks away from from Advent, uh, a wonderful time in the life of the church. We'll be talking about that shortly. We hope you will join us not only by listening, but by sending in your questions about Catholicism or Christianity in general. We'll be glad to read your questions on the air and answer them. You can write us at our mailbag at. Good news at catholicspiritradio.org. Good news at catholicspiritradio.org. Uh, it's just one of the, the many services that we have on our website uh, that I think you'd enjoy. Uh, along with being able to email into us, you can contact us for uh, uh, prayers of intervention. If you have something going on in your life or your family's life that you need prayer help with, uh, we have people at our station 
who do that, who read your requests and sit down together and pray for you. We have a small chapel here at the radio station, and so we often have people in there praying for our listeners' needs. We also have a podcast of previous programs, not only of Good News, but of many of our other shows that are based here out of Catholic Spirit Radio. And of course, during the day, we are rebroadcasting wonderful programs from EWTN, and we hope you'll be listening to those as well. We've got some great programming, and you can see the full lineup of all the things that we broadcast by going to our website at catholicspiritradio.org. So our readings, and Ben, you'll be familiar with these. Ben, uh, Ben's family is Lutheran, but we are on the same um, uh, liturgy calendar. So the readings that we use for our Masses are the same readings you use in your church services on Sunday. So we share that uh, be- between our, our faiths. So these will be uh, readings that will be very familiar to you. So we have, uh, well, Maccabees might not be. First readings from Maccabees, and you may or may not use that one, but the readings for Thessalonians and the Gospel of Luke will be true at, at your services uh, this, this weekend. So our first reading is from the book of Maccabees. It happened that seven brothers with their mother were arrested and tortured with whips and scourges by the king to force them to eat pork in violation of God's law. One of the brothers, speaking for the others, said, What do you expect to achieve by questioning us? We are ready to die rather than transgress the laws of our ancestors. At the point of death, he said, You accursed fiend, you are depriving us of our present life, but the king of the world will raise us up to live again forever. It is for his laws that we are dying. After him, the third suffered their cruel sport. He put out his tongue at once when they told him to do so and bravely held out his hands as they spoke these noble words. It was from heaven that I received these. For the sake of his laws, I disdained them. From him, I hope to receive them again. Even the king and his attendants marveled at the young man's courage because he regarded his sufferings as nothing. After he had died, they tortured and maltreated the fourth brother in the same way. When he was near death, he said, It is my choice to die at the hands of men with the hope of God gives us as being raised up by him. But for you, there will be no resurrection to life. The word of the Lord. So I don't know if you, you caught in the fine print what's going on here, but uh, these brothers in the presence of their mother are being severely tortured. I mean, this is, uh, they, they kind of skirt around what's happening, but with one, they, uh, they simply cut off his head. With another, they cut off his tongue. Cut off, another, they cut off his hands. Uh, this is really an incredible torture just to get them to eat the way the king wanted them to eat to show that he was going to be more, they would be more obedient to the king than to God. And the entire family refused. And so in front of the mother, all, all of her children are tortured and murdered by the king. And yet through the whole thing, they remained fearless because they knew the reward that awaited them for their faith. And so they had no fear. And I think that's a, that's a great lesson for us as we are confronted by laws in our world that you don't agree with. Uh, abortion springs to mind. We talk about this a lot because this is really a, a horrendous evil in, in our world. And 
there's uh, it's it's kind of it's not even fifty fifty. Quite honestly, a ma- the majority of our society are perfectly willing to destroy human life in, in a woman's womb, where many of us find this an, a, an incredibly evil thing to do. And so we see churches being uh, damaged over this, being vandalized. We see health clinics for women that are pro-life uh, being van- uh, severely vandalized. And now we're seeing people arrested uh, just for standing on public streets near an abortion clinic and praying for the life of that aborted child, not really demonstrating any other way. I can tell you that we we held, uh, this was just before COVID, we hold, held um, 40 days of, of life outside of the abortion clinic here in our town, standing on the public sidewalk with full knowledge of, of the local uh, police. I can't tell you the amount of abuse we faced from the public just by praying on that sidewalk. And that's all we were doing. We weren't chanting. We weren't singing. Silent prayer. I was just walking back and forth along about a half block area, uh, reciting the rosary to myself, just quietly praying for the for the life of these children, that they might be saved, that the mother might change their mind, or that at the moment of, of their death, they'd be welcomed into heaven. Uh, I had a gun pointed at me from one car. I had uh, eggs thrown at me. Uh, they missed. Luckily, the, uh, I had a lot of people, you know, do the finger gun thing, you know, the threatening. Um, the amount of obscenity that was hurled at us for just silently praying. Uh, it, it's astounding the amount of evil that this one act promotes in other people. It just drives them to uh, incredible limits. You have to hold your ground. You, you can't be swayed. You know, even if someone points a gun at you, throws objects at you, you can't be swayed in what your faith is because you owe your faith to a much greater power than these people are swearing to with, with their actions. Uh, I really don't care that the government might say it's legal. It's immoral. And we have we have an obligation to call that out. And we have a responsibility to stay true to God's truth and not necessarily what is the civil truth, but what is the what is following natural law and God's teachings and what we read in scripture and what we believe as a faith community. And I think this reading today from Maccabees is a great example as to what degree we need to uh, hold on to that faith. We were told in in uh, formation, and this I was ordained five years ago, so we were, we were told in the five years preceding that, that the likelihood that our role as, as deacons and our faith in God could very likely end, us up, end up with us being uh, in jail. And they said, think about this before you accept this, uh, this role in the church. Really think about this. You could be arrested simply for choosing to serve God. And as I say, now we're seeing people uh, arrested for just praying, just praying. Uh, it's, it's astounding. 
but what we read in Maccabees from thousands of years ago is really not that much different than today. There are countries where you're not just arrested for being Christian, you're tortured for being a Christian. So things haven't changed that much. Hold on to your faith. Don't be swayed. What, what awaits you after your torture is so much more amazing and wonderful than anything you could try and hold on to in this life by giving up your faith or by denying your faith. So stay strong and, and stay true to what you believe. Our, our second reading is a, a letter from Paul to the Thessalonians. And Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting encouragement and good hope through his grace, encourage your hearts and strengthen them in every good deed and word. Finally, brothers and sisters, pray for us, so that the word of the Lord may speed forward and be glorified, as it did among you, and that we may be delivered from uh, perverse and wicked people, for not all have faith." But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from evil one. We are confident of you in the Lord that what we instruct you, you are, you are doing and will continue to do. And may the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the endurance of Christ. So really, our second reading is speaking to the same thing as our first reading. Well, he tells us where that strength comes from. So we see in Maccabees, these brothers that have this tremendous faith, where does that kind of strength come from to be able to endure torture? It comes from Christ. It comes through a relationship with Christ. And that comes through prayer. So Paul is, is calling the, the church in, in Thessalonica to, to remain uh, in faith, to remain in prayer, to continue to depend on the strength and the perseverance uh, that can only come from God. Uh, we face all kinds of problems in our world today, and that could be unemployment, it could be hunger, it could be poverty, uh, it could be illness, w imprisonment. Whatever problems you face are short-lived, are short -lived, uh, whereas Christ is there for us for eternity. So don't be... Don't be beaten down by your human problems. Rely on the supernatural strength that comes from a relationship with Christ. Our gospel is from Luke. And Luke writes, Some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, and that's a really important line, remember that, the people he's talking to deny the resurrection, came forward and put this question to Jesus, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us, If someone's brother dies, leaving a wife but no child, his brother must take the wife and raise up descendants for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married a woman but died childless. Then the second and third married her, and likewise all the seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. Now at the resurrection, whose wife will that woman be? For all seven have been married to her. Jesus said to them, The children of this age marry and remarry, but those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age and to the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. They can no longer die, for they are like angels, and they are the children of God, because they are the ones who will rise. 
that the dead will rise, even Moses had made known in the passage about the bush, when he called out, Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And he's not God of the dead, but of the living. For to him all are alive. The Gospel of the Lord. So some people will ask, how do we pray to saints? Why, why would we do that? Why would we think that saints could intercede for us? Well, it's because we think they're alive. Jesus tells us that they're alive. So if you can ask your neighbor or a family member or someone in your church, you know, I've, I've broken my foot. I'm in a lot of pain. Pray for me. If you can invite them to pray for you because they're alive and they can add to your prayers, then we can pray to the saints to intercede for us because they're alive. Christ tells us they are alive. If you don't believe in the resurrection, there's not much point in, con in uh, considering yourself a Christian. I mean, it's, it's one of the, the basic tenets of our faith is that there is a resurrection, a resurrection that was uh, modeled for us, exampled for us by Christ himself in his own resurrection. So uh, be of faith that uh, those who have died in, in, in a relationship with, with Christ are still alive, even if they've left this world, they're still alive in, in the heavenly kingdom. And they can be talked to. They can act as uh, to intercede for us, to strengthen our prayers. But I think the other thing we see from this is be careful of people who want to argue with you about religion. So here we have the Sadducees who don't believe in the resurrection. And what do they want to challenge Christ about? Resurrection. Who are these brothers going to be married? You know, which of these brothers will be married to this woman? Well, if you don't believe in the resurrection, why even ask the question? It makes no sense. If you don't think there's a resurrection, then this woman is never going to meet these, these men. I had, I had someone ask me the other day, uh, someone who, who has little to no faith, what happens when you die and you realize there is no afterlife? I want you to think about that. If you're dead and there is no afterlife, how would you realize that? I mean, <laughs> if there's nothing, then there's nothing to think about. You're not there to think about it. So they're asked, they ask questions that already contradict their own question in, in, in their premise. So watch out for that trap. And, and Jesus realizes it's a trap. And so he says, let's, you know, you don't even believe in the resurrection. Let's get off that subject. And let's talk about who's, who's married or unmarried in heaven because we accept the resurrection exists. Well, we, we say, in, and I think this is true in, in pretty much every marriage ceremony, you know, till death do us part, that at death, that covenant, that marriage covenant is completed, it's ended. And so is there marriage in heaven? No. Will you meet your loved ones in heaven? Everyone you meet in heaven is your loved one. I mean, it will be... It will be a shared love the, because the, God is love, and that's what your that's what your commonality is. That's that what is binding us all together uh, in in this next life is the love of God, and so we will all be equal children of God, as Jesus teaches here. There'll be no need for marriage uh, because we will all be bound in love as we are in marriage uh, in the marriage covenant in in this life. So I hope that makes sense to you. I hope you had a, a good Halloween. I hope you're going to have a great Advent as, as we start getting nearer and nearer to that. And of course, I hope you have a wonderful week. 
Continue to pray. Uh, go to church this weekend. Enjoy the celebration of, of the Mass. Uh, the Eucharist is, is an incredible gift from Christ, and it will strengthen you in all that you do and in all the hurdles you face and in all the challenges that others throw at you uh, can all be, uh, you, your strength can be bolstered through prayer and through your relationship with Christ. Until we talk again next weekend, uh, may Almighty God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.